Get ready for the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, where we are breaking down District 4 activities week in, week out in the state of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey, and we are joined by The Sphere, Scott Burton. What's up, Scott? I like the way you said that. That was very kind of dramatic, you know, superhero style. That was awesome. Yeah, no. Hey, man, The Sphere is legit. Remember last week when I told you that we were headed to Vegas to... You got a flyer running around here driving me bananas uh, to catch U2 opening in the Sphere in Vegas. The $2.3 billion facility that's this big giant circle. And I tell you what, it did not disappoint. Uh, I'm sure it has blown up the internet by now, but not only did we get to see one of the greatest bands of all time, revisit one of the greatest albums of all time, Octon Baby, we got to see it be the first people inside that building because they have never had an event there before. And it was amazing. Imagine 18,000 seats facing a stage with uh, every, the wall, the ceiling, everything. They're all LED screens and you can do whatever you want. Pictures are moving and they are crystal clear. Speakers all over the place. The sound was better than any concert venue I've ever been to. And I tell you what, this place is legit. Yeah, and you've got some pictures that we're going to show here in just a minute. But yeah, I kind of was channeling my inner movie guy voice as I was introing you today. In a world where crime and corruption are at every corner, only one man is strong enough to steamroll the competition. This summer, Scott Burton is the sphere. Dude, that (laughs) off the cuff like that, that's impressive. That's impressive. I tell you what, I am, I'm a guy that loves to sit and watch previews, um, and it's uh, it, it, it annoys less. I mean, I, I sit here and I just I, I'll watch previews for hours, right? And uh, um, and I make a little notebook. I got a notebook right here of all the previews that I watch. Okay, I gotta watch this. I gotta watch. It. So I was thinking about this the other day. I'm thinking, at what point did they get away from doing that? You know, because they don't do that anymore. Yeah. And, and every once in a while, I'll stumble upon an old movie that does it. And I go, that sounds weird still, you know, it, but that guy was that, that guy was legit. And I wondered when they stopped doing that because uh, previews aren't the same like they used to be. Yeah. And it was the same guy doing them all. I assume he retired and there just isn't anybody <laughs> epic enough to continue the, the legacy. <laughs> not, I guess not in a world. that's that's the best part (laughs) yes yeah and it's always in a world yes uh so yeah here's some pictures scott you want you want from the inside or the outside first um go for the outside first yeah this is the cool one for sure take a look at this that is epic scott yeah so yeah this thing is just exactly what it looks like and on the outside of that is they can they can put any picture that they want i mean they they put the first pictures, I believe, on the 4th of July. They just had an American flag going round and round. Um, they, they have put like a human eye on it before. They have put, oh man, it, endless, endless, endless designs they can put on it. And it's just off the strip. It's by the Venetian. And so, you know, you drive by and it's just one of those things you can't stop staring at. And it's the biggest fear in the world. And there's going to be some other places that are going to now try to copy this. But the problem that they're having is that all these other places are not Vegas, right? So you try to put something like this in the middle of a neighborhood. I mean, you're going to have a lot of problems with distracted driving. And that was one of the issues that people are having across the world is that, I mean, you can't just drop it in someplace. Vegas, you can get away with it. And uh, even in Vegas, it's pushing the envelope just a little bit because you can't drive by it and go, holy crap. And then you get to the inside and the inside is that, I mean, on the left, there are all the seats, 18,000, they're all facing the same direction and the ceiling all the way down. You can do whatever you want. You can move it. You can spin it. You can show landscapes. Uh, you, I mean, you could do anything and the imagination is the limit on this and you know and that doesn't even do it justice but having been there opening night 
first concert ever in that place. One of the first people to ever step foot in that place. I tell you what, that's going to be a moment that uh, is going to be really tough to beat down the road. But I'm getting tickets in December. I'm going to go back and I'm going to do the whole thing again. It is it is worth it that much. And plus, I'm a huge U2 fan. Makes it even better. Man, what a magical, awesome night and an incredible facility. Holy crap. Go look more stuff up online. It's, it's, it's insane. It's epic. Epic. Yeah. And I'm sure you followed your own advice from last week. Scott's thoughts. You put the phone in your pocket and you just basked in the moment, right? You know what? I tried to. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to. Um, I, I didn't film a ton, um, but there's that part of you that's like, God, record. And then you catch yourself and like, okay, put it in your pocket. Just relax. But don't think I wasn't thinking about what we talked about last week. Um, but yeah, I got I did come away with some pictures. That's good. That makes you relatable. You're you're just like all of us, Scott. So you have your <laughs> you have your weak moments. I'm just I'm just a man, Brandon. I'm just a man. That's right. Not quite the sphere yet. Uh, do you do you <laughs> do you think they will have uh, eventually obviously concerts and they'll have all sorts of cool shows. I imagine they'll do some like planetarium stuff where you can go in and see the stars. And, um, do you anticipate that they will have sporting events in there? You know what? I looking at that venue, I don't know. I mean, you, you could probably do whatever you want. It would be a weird place for it because you're going to have the stadium seats on just one side, you know, staring at this big giant dome of led screens. Um, I don't think you could have, I mean, you, you probably could, yeah, you could, um, they'd have to rearrange some things, but you know, they're, they're building this facility to be really a 4d experience in the sense that the seats are, they move, they have sound, um, they are pumping in not yet, but they will, they're pumping in smells to enhance the experience. Uh, it, and it's, you wonder why it costs $2.3 billion. Well, there's a lot of little things to it. That's cool. Yeah. I just think of all the other places in Vegas, you know, the Orleans arena, when it first opened, they never yeah. thought they would be playing basketball in there. And now the PAC 12 tournament, at least for another year, is, it always seems to be in the Orleans arena yeah. there in, in Vegas. So uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting for sure, but that uh, very cool trip for you, Scott. Thank you for sharing uh, your experience and some of those pictures. That was pretty yeah. epic. So, Oh, and I'll have more in December. Okay. Well, I couldn't help but notice this picture of the sphere kind of in a little twin falls blue, Scott. And so that's what oh, we're going to no. talk about here. Hey, nice, Brandon. I was wondering how you were going to get yourself out of this one. That was, that was not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to talk about the Twin Falls Bruins golf program. This is a story we've been working on for a couple of weeks now, Scott. We talked about Twin Falls boys and girls golf always seems to be just a, a cut above the rest of the class in terms of their prowess on the links. And that bore out at last week's Great Basin Conference District Golf Tournament uh, as well, Scott. Uh, it did. I mean, you talk about one of the most dominating programs in the state in anything at the top of that list has got to be twin falls golf. I mean, year in and year out, no matter who is running the show. I mean, I, I used to coach golf in Jerome back in the day and I've seen three or four different coaches come through all having the same amount of success. So this program is top notch vying for a state title every single year. And it really is amazing. Yeah. I mean, the all conference teams were released uh, in conjunction with the district tournament. I mean, you just look at on the boys first team, all conference team, you know, there's only five slots. They took two of them, Brody Payne and Trey Payne. And then on the second team as well, you had actually you had three golfers make the first team. Uh, McCoy Clunt also made it, and then Ryan Mon was a second team selection on the boys' side. On the girls' side, 
even more stark. Uh, four of the five first-team all-conference spots went to Twin Falls girls. Ava Schroeder, of course, leading the way. We I feel like we've been talking about her for like 10 years now because she's just come in from day one and dominated. Remy Peterson, Sierra Bourne, Kate Miller also made the first-team all-conference squad. And Grace Payne made the second team. And so strength in numbers. It's not just, oh, yeah, we've got this good individual here. It is like four or five, all five members of the lineup pushing each other. And that will only make the program stronger as well, right? Oh, that's the key right there is to get enough depth that you you just can't be beaten, you know? And that's what Twins got. I mean, there's, there's schools all over the place that have great one or twos, you know? But can they go one through five and have that five be somebody else's one? Well, it is, and that's what twin is. I mean, take a look at this this year's team, right? It's senior heavy. They've got four seniors on the boys' team and three on the girls' team. But start with the boys, and and you mentioned Trey Payne. Um, the one and two for twin are brothers, you know, Trey and Brody. Trey, the older one, Brody is uh, the number two, and he's not the senior. But, you know, those two have been going back and forth all year in bringing in the low score. And uh, the number three, Chase Beam, which you'd mentioned, you know, he brought in a winning score many times this season. And, and you don't see that a lot because what you see in most golf programs is your number one is the guy that is winning all your tournaments, right? Not your one, two, and three switching it off, but it, let, let's even go further. Okay. Your fourth player is on the boy side is Ryan Mon, you know, and, and this guy never shoots over 79. So your four is shooting in the 70s, right? And then you get to McCoy Clunt, who you just mentioned, that fills the five spot. But this is a kid that, you know, had to kind of go through some adversity, right? I mean, when he was a freshman, he won the district tournament. And heading into the next year, he was involved in a, a wakeboarding accident and kind of tore up his knee. And so he had to take some time off, rehab, and, and kind of get back a little bit. And <clears throat> so... During that time, he'd been struggling, he's struggling with his swing a little bit, but he's finding his groove right now. And he got second place at district. And that's your number five. Okay. So you 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 take this twin boys team, and any one of them, one through five, can win the whole thing. You don't get that anywhere. And that is why twin is so strong. And these are kids that play well under pressure. And if, if you've never played golf before, it could be the most mentally disturbing, pressure-packed, gut check of a game that you will ever play. And all five of these kids, they thrive under the spotlight, under the pressure. And, and I don't see anybody beating them this year. Yeah, they're going to go up to the 4A state golf tournament at the University of Idaho golf course at Moscow and have a very good chance of coming home with that. I, you know, Bishop Kelly, of course, will have something to say about it, but uh, th it's going to come down to those two, I feel like. And yeah, you mentioned it, Scott. Uh, Twin Falls sweeps the top three spots at districts. Brody Payne is your district champ at uh, 70. And then McCoy Clunt takes second at 73. And Ryan Mon finishes third at 74. So that's your two, your five, and your four finishing top three. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And that's what twin can do. They are completely interchangeable. And that depth is is insane. And then then you flip it to the girls' side. And you know, you you mentioned Ava Schroeder. You know, they got a couple of these girls here that are like two sport athletes. And Ava's one of them. I mean, she's a standout soccer player and a heck of a good golfer. And she is able to balance both of those. And it takes a special kid to excel at both of those and to commit to both of them as well. She doesn't miss soccer practice and she doesn't miss golf practice either, you know, which is evidenced by how dominant she is. And, um, you know, then you, you go to Remy Peterson. And I think you mentioned that name too before. She is she's the personality. She's the glue that kind of holds this team together um, because she just gets along with everybody, but she's got the ability to go low as well. Now you talk about boys and girls, boys typically in golf are going to have a, a deeper team. Okay. Girls, you're going to have one, two, and then somebody down here is going to shoot 150, right? And then you're out of it. 
Twin doesn't have that. Again, it's the depth. And, you know, Kate Miller, the junior, she is going to be the team leader next year. She's their number three. Um, and, and I think she won in Idaho Falls, the Idaho Falls Invitational, and shot a 73, a one over par. And that's their number three, girl. You know, and Sierra Bourne, she is in the fourth spot, but she's another dual sport athlete as well. And she is a heck of a good volleyball player. And uh, I mean, this is what Twin has. Oh, and if you haven't had enough of the pains, well, they've got a sister on the team as well. You know, uh, Gracie Payne, you know, she's a sophomore and and the, the, see, the sky's the limit for her because when, she, when they, she's got Trey and Brody pushing her and teaching her and whatever, that golf family, holy cow. And it, it's, they are so good boys and girls that I predict two more state championships for the Bruins in golf. Yeah. The girls are the defending, uh, state champions, uh, in, in four, a golf. Um, it's been a minute since the twin falls boys they are on a little two year backslide here, Scott. They haven't won since 2021 only rough um, times, rough times. <laughs> and, and I, I'm just looking at the previous champions just over the years in boys and girls golf. And you know what I'm noticing, Scott, is if it's not Twin Falls and it's not Bishop Kelly, it, it's somebody else from the Magic Valley. The Minico girls won state two years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, you had Canyon Ridge win a girls title in 2017. So to me, it is not only is Twin Falls pushing each other to be better, they're pushing everybody else in the conference to elevate their game as well. Yeah, th this conference really is a solid golf conference. I mean, you know, you factor in Twin Falls is going to be there every year. Uh, Canyon Ridge typically is there every year. Minico is hanging around, and they're there. Jerome even has some good golfers. I mean, you know, they've gone to state, you know, and this conference is really solid at golf. And, you know, and you, and you talk about Twin in particular – one of the things that makes them really, really good is that a lot of these kids, you know, I was talking to coach Zach Carson about this and, you know, and, and he, and he brought up a good point. You know, one of the things that makes them good is, you know, these kids have the means to play golf. They grew up playing golf with their families. They've got memberships at blue lakes, um, at clear lakes, at, even at Jerome, those are the top three courses. Um, in the Valley, you know, Canyon Springs is another great one, but those first three are the ones where all the memberships are. And these kids grew up and have the means to do that. Now, the reason I say that is because golf is a different animal. You know, you've got to be in a position to where you can afford a golf membership. You can afford to play the game because it's not cheap, you know, and these kids and what's going on in twin they've got this down and they've got the families they've got the money to be able to do this and that's just the way it is you know yeah and it's also uh, because you're competing all throughout the summer and you have to travel a lot mm -hmm. you know you've got to travel to different places because there's only so many golf courses you know in the area and so yeah there is a big piece of that to that dedication that goes into it and that's great that twin falls has those resources to be able to do this and we see the results bear out and so it'll be interesting to see how they do twin falls canyon ridge and mountain home each qualified their boys and girls team to state and then you've got a couple of individuals from the other schools that will go carry mm -hmm. the banner for their respective schools but i don't know should be a good time and we will be recapping what happened at state golf on next week's episode of the prep cast hopefully we're talking about a state championship or two I think I think there's a pretty good chance of that. It starts tomorrow up in Moscow. So yep. as we as we record this on Thursday morning, going to be a good time for sure. All right. Well, let's pivot to postseason soccer now, Scott. Where district tournament action has started. The Great Basin Conference held their opening round matches Wednesday night, October fourth. We're recording this on Thursday, the following day. Um, we will put the brackets up on the screen and kind of break it all down for you. So if you're watching the video version of this on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, their Facebook page, A, you got to see those really cool pictures of the sphere, but B, you're also going to get to see all of the brackets. If you are listening on IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcasts, it's all good. We've got all the district brackets on the homepage at IdahoSports.com. 
and you can follow along that way. So I wanted to start on the boys' side, Scott, because there was a really fun match involving uh, your school last night. It was Jerome playing Burley in the opening uh, round of districts. Let me see if I can get this up on the screen here. There we go. Um, yeah, so Jerome was the five seed. Burley was the four. This match took place yesterday in Burley. Uh, a one-to-one draw through not one overtime, but two. And then it goes to penalty kicks, Scott, where Burley wins three, nothing on the PKs, which means Burley is moving on to play number one Canyon Ridge on Monday night. Um, and then in the other first round matchup, mountain home, the three seed beats twin falls, the six, three to one. So it's mountain home at wood river, the two seed also on Monday, Jerome <laughs> and twin, they just get to hang out in that consolation side of the bracket. But just because they lost doesn't mean they're done true double elimination bracket and two seeds available to state from this bracket. Yeah. You know, and that match last night was just a, a, a grueler. Um, I think it lasted six hours. I'm not entirely sure. I know we flipped the calendar once or twice, but my goodness, it just wouldn't end. And in, by the end, everybody's exhausted, but you look at, you know, those two teams, they're evenly matched as, as they can be as evidenced by what happened last night. And, um, you know, with this particular bracket here, there's not cross bracketing going on. And so it's something that I think we're going to have to change because I mean, if things go chalk, then it's going to be Jerome and Burley again on Tuesday and the loser's bracket will be the same way. So I don't know. It's, it's an, ongoing argument among ADs about how to do this and some districts cross bracket, some districts don't, but you know, if you don't, then what's going to happen is you're going to play the same team again. Yeah. And that's interesting. And I guess I miss, I misread the bracket because I've always just assumed it's across. Um, so I, I just changed that in real time as you told me that Scott <laughs> to, to, to represent, um, yeah. I guess, uh, you know, like Century and Pocatello would say like, hey, in a three-team district, we play we play each other like four times in our district tournament alone, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's that's kind of what we're headed for here. And I, I would assume that that will change uh, moving forward next year, just, just to avoid that. Because, you know, you got to make the argument that, okay, does seeding mean something? And at what point does the seed actually stop? You know, and so the argument that, we'd like to make is that, okay, yeah, seed it and it matters and it matters in the opening round. You work to get the seed in the opening round. After that, all bets are off. If we cross bracket and we have a mismatch in the seeds, then you know what? So be it because you're not going to play the same team. And by that time, seeds are out the window. Okay. The first round is where all the seeding matters. And, and so I think, I don't know. There's arguments for both sides of it, but I think uh, for next year, we're going to have to cross bracket this thing because if it goes chalk, we're going to have the same teams playing each other. Yeah. Or let's say Burley knocks off Canyon Ridge. Now Jerome's got to play the number one team. I mean, you'd have to play him eventually anyways, but right. yeah, I don't know. Very interesting food for thought there. So that's what's happening in boys action on the girls side. Scott, we had the opening round last night as well. Uh, Twin Falls, the one uh, Canyon Ridge, the two, they got the two buys. And then you had Jerome, the five at Wood River, the four uh, Wood River wins that three to one. And then you had number three Mountain Home over number six Burley, 11 to two. And so you've got two semifinals now Wood River at Twin Falls, Mountain Home at Canyon Ridge on Monday. Burley and Jerome hanging out on that other side of the bracket to see who they get to play. And same thing here, Scott, no cross bracketing. Yeah. Nope. Same thing here as well. So the, you know, that Wood River twin loser is going to head back and play. And if again, if it goes chalk, it'll be Wood River and Jerome again. And if it goes chalk on the other side, it'll be Mountain Home and Burley again. So we'll just see what happens. But, you know, there's some there's some pretty good soccer on this side. I mean, obviously, Twin Falls is a perennial favorite. Um, I don't know if they are as strong this year as they've been in the past, but they're they're strong enough. And you know, Wood River's no slouch. I mean, I, that that game isn't going to be a blowout. So 
I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting for sure. We would share with you the brackets from the 3A High Desert Conference, but Scott, they've still got we still got some runway here in the regular season, and I, we're not even sure where everyone's going to be seated yet. And so next week we'll bring you those brackets once the matchups have all been officially set and and lined up and everything. But there's there's kind of like some overwhelming favorites, uh, I would say co-favorites on the girls' side. You're looking at Kimberly and Sun Valley Community School, and on the boys' side, Sun Valley Community School. But also, Wendell has kind of quietly gone about their business, and Sun Valley Community School gets a lot of the attention in 3A soccer, and (coughs) rightly so. You're in, you're out. They're the most consistent program. But Wendell's been on a little run here the last couple of years, and I think they are playing their best ball at absolutely the right time of the year. You talk about a team that is dialed in right now i mean absolutely with every fiber of their being it's this wendell boys soccer team you know they are sitting in the latest coaches poll at number two sun valley sitting at number three uh wendell 12 and one on the year their only loss coming to sun valley a little bit early in the season but since then they have rattled off 10 in a row and have outscored their opponents 54 to 7 since that loss to Sun Valley. And, you know, Sun Valley, they're no slouch either. They are 11-2 and two on the year with their losses to Wendell in a rematch and then, you know, 4A, uh, Wood River. And they've got seven shutouts as well. I mean, you know, Coach Whitelaw is doing a great job with them. and But the, the talk right now is Wendell. And it's, okay, so what makes this Wendell team tick? And I was, I was talking – uh, to their to their coach Felipe, and he was telling me that you know what these boys got a big wake up call when they lost to Sun Valley because for some reason half of them were nervous, half of them thought they would cruise to a victory, and it just didn't work out. And since then, they have just been this on a mission, mentally dialed in, and uh, you know Felipe has coached these guys since they've been in middle school, so he's kind of come up with them and. And this Wendell team is a, a full Hispanic team, 100%. And 90% of these guys, all they do is play soccer. You know, uh, winter, spring, summer, they've got a, a ball in their hands and their feet all year long. And, you know, he, he talked, one of the things he talked about was their bus rides. And he goes, they are quiet. It doesn't matter where we're going. These guys step on the bus. They are not told to be quiet. They sit down. They shut up and they zone in. And when they walk off the bus, they just destroy people. <laughs> it's it's kind of a little bit of what we talked about last week, you know, about getting distracted. These kids are not distracted right now and they are rolling. Yeah, Felipe Peniagua, the uh, head coach there for the Wendell Boys, has done a fantastic job uh, last year. Wendell had a great year, Scott. They went 12 and one um, during, during the season. Um, their only loss was to, or excuse me, they're, they're 12 and one right now. And then this season, and then last year, Scott, Wendell finished with an overall record of 18 and two. And their only two losses were to the cutthroats two to one in the regular season. They reversed it last year. They beat the cutthroats in the first matchup, lost the rematch. Um, And then their only other loss, Scott came in the state championship game against sugar Salem. And they lost that three to two. And so I'm sure these Wendell players, no wonder they're focused in because they're going, we should have won that title last year. And we want to go back and get what's ours this year. Well, you know, and and if you look at the standings right now, I I do believe it's sugar. That's leading the way again. Right. Yeah. And we're, we're on this crash course for more Wendell, Sugar, Sun Valley. I mean, who's going to be there uh, in the end? You know, and this particular Wendell team, you know, they're, they're relatively young. I mean, they've got seven seniors, one junior, and then a bunch of sophomores and four freshmen. You know, their starting 11 includes one freshman, five sophomores, a junior, and four seniors. You know, so this is a team and a program that's going to be around, you know, for a while because they lost six seniors last year. They're only going to lose four this year and they're just not missing a beat right now. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how this shakes out because it's, it looks like it's going to be one of those three teams bringing home a state title. 
Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, how that goes at districts. Uh, so good luck to Wendell. They've got one game left in the regular season against Bliss. Good old Bliss. And then uh, we'll, we'll see you when district starts up next week. But we'll have those brackets for you on next week's edition of the PrepCast. All right, Scott, I wanted to wrap up with a quick football note. Uh, we had these big eight-man games going on last week. Oakley and, and Lighthouse Christian where... <laughs> Oakley uh, trails at halftime and they outscore the Lions by three touchdowns in the second half to to win easily. Um, But to me, the most interesting game was a a score we don't see that often in eight man football An eight to six final score. Carrie gets their first win of the year and they needed it and they beat Valley eight to six. What a win for the Panthers and first year coach John Saidi. Boy, I. Yeah, I mean, you see the score come across the ticker and you're like, oh, are they just underway? What's going on here? Because <laughs> you don't see that a lot. And so I was talking to Coach um, Salili, and it was one of those things to where they knew defensively they had to focus on Hardy, Valley's quarterback. He's the real deal. And somehow they had to figure out a way to contain him, and they did. Uh, he, he did rack up over 100 yards rushing, but it wasn't easy and only put six points on the board. But, uh, you know, coach was like, gosh, our defensive guys, our defensive guys, our defensive coaches. I mean, it was just, uh, yeah, obviously, because you shut down an offense that was coming in averaging 47 points a game and you held them to six. I mean, how, do, how does that happen? You know, and kind of a, a, a cool little turning point in the game was it was you know later in the game and Kerry was up eight six already and they had fourth and eleven and they decided to go for it and they ended up throwing an interception. You know, you would think something like that would be maybe a momentum thing for Valley and all of a sudden the tide's changing. Well their starting sophomore safety uh, Stockton Sears grabbed one of the senior players and just pulled him aside and this happened in front of their coach and they didn't know the coach was watching and listening to all this. And he grabbed the senior player and he goes, and he looked him right in the eyes and he goes, I'm not even worried. We're going to stop him right here. And boom, off he went and coach is like, that was my sophomore. And I'll be dang. They did. If they didn't stop him and uh, went on to, to win that thing eight to six. That's incredible. And we, uh, we had heard this last year a little bit with Carrie where, uh, it was a senior heavy team, but they had a sophomore quarterback, Preston Wood, and now he's a junior and 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 he didn't play like a sophomore and he didn't lead like a sophomore. This last year, seniors fell in line behind the, the leadership of this sophomore QB, and I think that's what's helping keep things afloat for Kerry this year is now Preston Wood is one of the only guys back from last year's team, so his leadership role has increased even more. Scott, with that one win for Kerry, uh, I did my first bracket, first of three bracketology posts mm-hmm. uh, up on the the site idahosports.com, basically saying, "Hey, if the playoffs started today, what would they look like?" With that one win, Kerry would be in the playoffs right now because their strength of schedule is through the roof, and they got a win over a, a very highly regarded opponent. It's funny how it all changes with that, isn't it? You know, and and Kerry, you know, moving forward, uh, Glens Ferry, Merton, Raft River left on their schedule. Um, coming off a, a win against Valley, who knows? They can just keep climbing those ranks. But yeah, but anytime you play in this conference, you, the, this is a juggernaut. This Snake River Conference is strength of schedule is just inherent. You play your conference schedule, you're going to be at the top <laughs> in your strength of schedule. And, uh, and it makes you better. And that's why these teams in this conference come out so good is because they just beat each other up all season long because the best of the best are right here in this conference. Most of the time. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens over these final three weeks and can carry build a little momentum. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. All right, Scott, before we get out of here, it's time for another edition of Scott's thoughts. Uh, The topic I presented to you for this week's show was how do you handle added scrutiny, added pressure, new eyeballs checking in on your team and what you're doing. And we, said this was a good one to bring up because of the whole Travis Kelsey 
Taylor Swift thing, right? There are people that don't even know yeah. what a football is that are now watching Travis Kelsey saying, okay, let's see what you can do, big boy. And how do you handle all of that increased uh, scrutiny and pressure? And so uh, I'm really intrigued to hear what you have to say on this week's Scott's Thoughts. Yeah, this one was interesting just because I I, I couldn't help but try to take this 15 different directions, you know. Um, but it all came back down to handling the spotlight, handling the pressure. And I kept coming back to that word pressure because anytime eyes are on you and anytime you're in the spotlight, it comes with a lot of pressure. And so this week, Scott's thoughts are going to be about maybe handling that kind of pressure. And, and here we go. You know, I mean, we've all grown up in the you know, hearing the phrase that success in sports is 90% mental, 10% physical, and how the mental side of sports is where the winners separate themselves from the losers. Well, when I think about all of this, it fascinates me. The brain, its functions, you know, coupled with the emotions of sports, why we react like we do, why we behave like we do. It's the hidden secret to the success of competition, getting control of the mind. So when I was presented with this topic, I couldn't help but immediately gravitate towards sports psychology and the, and the key to unlocking the mind when it comes to handling the spotlight, how to function under pressure when all the eyes are on you and the moment is no bigger. It reminds me of the kid in my speech class who could voice their thoughts with complete eloquence while sitting at their desk. But when they stood in front of the class, when all eyes were on them, it completely changed. So the question is, why do we fold under pressure? Why don't we shine brightest under the spotlight? And why are we mental dumpster fires when the stakes are high? Why is it that most people run from pressure, but the great ones, they run to it and run through it? Well, the secret is in the mind. I remember some of the elite military exercises that I did back in the day, and every drill, every condition, everything that went wrong was intended to mess with your mind, to test the brain's ability to survive in the most chaotic of circumstances, because when the stakes are high, the pressure can get you killed. Well, that type of mental training is the key to unlocking your mind's potential to handle the spotlight. The question that we struggle with is how. How do we welcome the spotlight and thrive? Well, I think the first thing you have to do before you figure out the how is to understand the why. Why do we collapse under pressure? And what makes us seize up in the big moments? Well, first of all, we have to understand that we are wired for safety and protection and fight or flight is part of our DNA. And when we are faced with these situations, if we just succumb to the body without engaging the mind, well, we will always choose to run. You have to remember, we are programmed to look at the worst possible scenarios, to think the worst possible things about situations and even people, including ourselves. Remember the old cartoons where someone had a big moment in their life and on one shoulder sat the angel saying, you will be great, you will do awesome. But lurking over here was the devil. And he is on that other shoulder saying, you will fail. Well, whose voice do you think is louder? The devil. And that's not by accident. It's how we're programmed. For example, have you ever had a game where you were great? Everyone thought so and told you, but you couldn't enjoy it because all you could think about was the one or two mistakes you made, right? I've been there many times as a player and a coach. And when you step back and you look at the psychology of kids and, and the way they handle the spotlight and pressure, it's a sensitive issue because kids, especially younger kids, they're wired differently. First of all, kids engage in way too much negative self-talk where they continually tell themselves they aren't good enough and they nitpick their worst qualities. Blame this on society, social media, whatever, but it does tie directly to our current state of mental health. Secondly, their perspective is different. Kids tend to view pressure situations as a chance to fail and be embarrassed. And lastly, the focus is on the result and not the process. 
Now, knowing all of this gives us a chance to reverse course and change the narrative of pressure. So now we explore the how. How do we transition from someone who crumbles to someone who embraces the spotlight and the pressure that comes with it? Well, understand that pressure in life is inevitable and it will never be the situation you find yourself in. It will be how you react to it. Whenever I talk to teams or coaches about the mental game, I always start with this. There is no such thing as stress. All right, now forget what you learned in health class and listen with a different mindset. For if stress exists and we can label something as stress, that means that whatever the issue is, that's stress, which means it causes stress for me, it causes stress for you and you and you and you. And we know that's not the case. So therefore, it's not the problem that is stress. It's how we're looking at this problem that causes the stress. I want you to remember something here. What the mind believes, the body will follow. We'll come back to that. The mental side of sports is to train the mind to see things a different way, to embrace a challenge, not run from it. And it begins with positive self-talk. Like I mentioned before, we're horrible at this. You know, we pick out everything that's wrong with us and we throw the floodlights on it before we recognize one positive quality that we might have. And what the mind believes, the body will follow. The key is to fill your head with all the positive things about yourself and you need to say it. When I was raising my little girls, I would be with them when they brushed their teeth before bed. And before I tucked them in, I would have them look into the mirror and tell me one good thing about themselves. Pretty soon, that was their train of thought, to focus on the positive. It's a mindset. Coaches will talk a lot about visualization techniques and deep breathing, and both of which are crucial to the process, so make sure you do them correctly. But I want to focus on a couple of other things really quickly. Basketball players, you're at the free throw line in the last seconds of the game. Golfers, you're standing over a three-foot putt to win the match. Actions you've done with success a million times, but now it's different. Why? Well, because now we have focused on the outcome rather than the process. Earlier in the game, the free throw, the putt was easy because we were focused on bending the knees low and slow with the putter. But now those thoughts vanish and we are consumed with, I hope this goes in. See the difference? The key is to put yourself in these pressure-packed situations of intense scrutiny, intense pressure, as much as you can in practice and in games. And the more familiar you are with the feeling of pressure, the better you can handle it. And learn from your coaches and change your mindset and tell yourself that pressure is a privilege. Pressure is positive. You have the opportunity to do something great when it matters most, and if it doesn't work out, Oh, well, but what an awesome experience you just had. And you'll draw on that for next time. It's all about the packaging and what the mind believes the body will follow. And lastly, no matter what happens in this pressure packed moment that you find yourself in with sports, success or failure, it is not or ever will be the end of the world if it doesn't go your way. You know, failing is possible, but being a failure is entirely up to you. For all greatness is born, the willingness to fail. In closing, embrace the pressure and the spotlight and look at it as a chance to grow and a chance to fail and a chance to experience the incredible feelings of competition because in the end, remember, it's only a game. We become so afraid of failure that we don't take the chance. Heck, we don't even try. We become so concerned with what everyone thinks that we forget to live in the moment. And we become so concerned with being embarrassed that we forget to be vulnerable in sports. You know, 19-year-old Kobe Bryant wanted the basketball for the final shot in every game he played for the Lakers his rookie year. And he missed a lot of those. And we know the legend he became. And he knew that we will never be defined 
by your last shot, but you could be defined based on how you handle it. And in this world of negativity where it seems there's a psychological demon around every corner and the pressure of a situation becomes too much for us and we physically fail, remember, it's all in the mind. And what the mind believes, the body will follow. And those are Scott's thoughts. Yeah, that was great, Scott. Nicely done. As you were talking, two things kept creeping into my head. The first one was, you know, talking about how do you handle pressure? How do you deliver under pressure? We talked a couple of weeks ago about the Mountain Home football team, right? And they kind of specifically build this into their practices um, where, hey, we're, we're going to work on these situations and how do we handle the pressure and the adversity? That's the first mm -hmm. thing I thought of. The second thing was at the very end, that famous quote from Wayne Gretzky, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? Yeah. And, and that's the key. And, and I love the sports psychology side of things just because, you know, if you can get control of your mind, then you are in control of everything, you know, and it's, it's one of those things that our culture and our society has really shifted to a point where we are, are afraid to fail. And, and, and that fear of failure just absolutely paralyzes people and they're not a, willing to take any chances. You know, but instead of looking at it as a, a success and fail, look at it as an opportunity to be in that situation. You know, and we when we grew up and we were out playing basketball, we would always count down, you know, five, four, three, and we winning shot for the win, whatever. But then we stop it there and we never tried to make that happen in a game. You know, the, the whole idea is to recreate pressure to a point where it becomes a familiar feeling to you. And you don't buckle underneath it, but you embrace it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, next week's topic, Scott, I think is going to be an interesting one as well. So um, I'm sure I'm sure you've heard as, as people all over the state have. But there's there's a young man from Butte County uh, up there in Arco that's having some some very serious medical uh, problems right now. So last Friday, uh, the Butte County football team was playing Kendrick in a, in a neutral site game at Middleton and in the fourth quarter. Uh, Dylan Waymeyer, this young man from Butte County, collapses on the sideline. Game stops on a dime. Medical personnel flock to him immediately. He gets transported to St. Alphonsus. Uh, and right away, emergency surgery to remove a blood clot, stop the bleeding, reduce swelling on his brain. I mean, this is like serious life or death stuff that's happening. And so he is now in the recovery process and it's like anything scott medical process is very expensive and it was it was it, it was nice to see the two communities come together the two teams on friday as dylan was down on the field they knelt in prayer for several minutes um until he was you know taken to the hospital and and now there's a fundraiser, right, to help pay for some of these medical costs and medical expenses. It was uh, organized on GoFundMe by Angie McAfee, the athletic director at Butte County. We've shared it a couple of times mm -hmm. on the IdahoSports.com social media throughout the week. Scott, they came in with a goal, a fundraising goal of $25,000. And that's that's a lot of money, right? And that that's a drop in the bucket for some of these medical expenses, unfortunately. But in five days, Scott, this 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 fundraiser has only been active for five days. In in five days, the amount has almost doubled. Over forty two thousand dollars has been donated wow. for this young man. And wow. so, isn't that remarkable? First of all, that's insane. great. Absolutely insane. It just shows that some things are bigger than the game. That's right. And so. I started doing the math on it. It shows how many people have donated. 351 people have donated. So I took the amount that's been fundraised over 42,000 and divided it by 351 people. And it comes out to just, just over $120 per person. And so we think all the time, well, what, what can I do? I'm only one person. I can't really help. I can't really make an impact. And 351 people, paying $120 got us to $42,000 for this young band. It, it adds up. And so that's the, that's the Scott's thoughts I wanted to go with for next week is how do you, how do you overcome that, that doubt of, well, I can't really have an impact. What can I do? Well, you know, 
there's an old saying that says every journey starts with a single step and sometimes drops in the bucket don't seem like they're making a difference but in fact it's that one drop that puts it over the edge and it's the same thing one vote you know uh one dollar one whatever and i think what we have to do is is maybe get out of the mindset that you know what it, it, it may not seem like a lot in the grand scheme of things, but like you said, we get enough people to adopt that mindset, then pretty soon all those drops add up to something, you know? And so, um, that's, that's, that's going to be, that's going to be a tough one because in, in a, in a world where we seek validation to do something out of the goodness of your heart, where you think it may or may not matter, well, it's going to matter to you. And it's going to matter in your soul and it sure as heck is going to matter to the people that you're helping. So I'm going to have to, to marinate that one a little bit, figure out what direction I want to take it, but it's very topical um, considering, you know, the Butte County situation and, you know, and I'm following that thing and, and have posted and read and maybe even donated, but at the same time that shows the power of a community coming together and a state coming together. So very cool thing. Very cool thing. Yeah. And of course our thoughts and prayers are with Dylan as he continues to recover uh, as well. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be an interesting Scott's thoughts. I, you know, I try to, I try to give you challenges, Scott, you know, I kind of, I, I that one was a challenge for me. This one is going to be a really big challenge. <laughs> I could have went with Yay. Talk to us about kindness and compassion, but you know, we'll save that one for, for a later date. I wanted to go with, you know, how do we, how do we get over this hurdle level? I can't really make a difference because you can. So, yeah. 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 All right. I got a couple things going. The hamster's starting to get going <laughs> a little bit. So I, I got a couple ideas. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everybody for tuning into the Magic Valley Prep Cast once again. We'll have state golf to recap next week. Football, district soccer, district volleyball coming up. It is a busy time of year. And we, of course, will be here once again to give you the biggest stories from the Magic Valley. It's what we do here on IdahoSports.com and the Magic Valley PrepCast. Scott, as always, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brandon. All right. For Scott Burton, I'm Brandon Bainey, and we'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.